You're listening to Bluey's Brisbane with Justin and Lou. Hi, I'm brother Tim Scott. I'm a Christian brother and I was born and raised here in the Spring Hill area. So I know the, the area well and I'm a past student of St Joseph's College, Gregory Terrace, which was the Christian Brothers' first college in, in Queensland in 1875. Hmm. And you've also written a book about St Bridges, haven't you? Yes, I wrote a, a very brief history to mark the 100 years of the building of this church and uh, it gives the history of, a basic history of the church. As I said, as we came in, um, when you open the doors and you walk in, it's an impressive sight, isn't it? Oh, yes. It, it, um, on the outside, a magnificent uh, symbol of the church in Brisbane, particularly with Archbishop Dewey. But on the inside, the splendour is really revealed. So, look, St Bridget's as we know it today, uh, it wasn't the first building on this site. I think there was a smaller church before they built uh, this one. So when the church decided to use this site... Um, what did Red Hill and sort of Spring Hill look like as suburbs? You know, was it, uh, was it a working class area or was it a little bit more affluent? Well, Archbishop Quinn bought this land in 1881 and he built a simple church on the land. The Archbishop had arrived in Brisbane in 1861, so 20 years before, and brought the Sisters of Mercy with him. And uh, Spring Hill was a farmer's area with paddocks, a lot of Irish. As I said, I was my family, my grandparents came from Ireland and he, my grandfather had a Clydesdale moving business, if you like, so paddocks. So a lot of uh, poor, uh, low-class, middle-class people in this area. And when the... Um, and, of course, the valley was Chinatown as well. Before the Rosalie Church was built... Uh, in 1898, the people from Rosalie to get to church would have to walk or go by uh, horse from Paddington, that area in Rosalie, to get to here or to the cathedral. It was obviously the church for the area in so much of this section of Brisbane, yes. Um, you mentioned, you know, there was a lot of Irish you know, immigrants in the area at the time. Uh, church is named after St Bridget of Ireland. Was that one of the reasons why she was chosen to be the patron saint of the church? The three patrons of Ireland are St Patrick, St Bridget and St Columban. St Bridget, born born 450 AD approximately. And so they were the three saints of Ireland. So when the Irish came to Australia, cathedrals were named after, like St Patrick's Cathedral. Here, St Patrick's in the Valley. St Bridget's here... um, and uh, St Columban's Church, there are named after those Irish saints. There was a very strong Irish influence and a strong connection, and Bridget had a very strong connection to the bishops in as much as even in 450 she had the powers of the bishop within her own convent to give blessings and so on. And, of course, in those days she was the champion of the poor. So St Bridget is, if you like, the patron saint of those in need. Hence, St Bridget. We're talking 150-odd years ago. You pack up from Ireland. You're literally travelling. It would be like moving to the moon these days. You know, such a long journey. I guess a church named after the patron saint of Ireland would really give those, uh, those new immigrants, uh, you know, a fresh start and a, you know, a welcome. Yes, they were, they were coming to saints that they knew, St Bridget, St 
St. Patrick. And of course, they were coming to a, to a, a land that was completely opposite climate-wise, if you like, to Ireland with the heat and the distances they would travel. And um, like even Archbishop Dewey by horseback and, and Quinn and those traveling around Queensland on horse to be there for the people. And in Ireland, five minutes and they were the, where they needed to go. Uh, yes, uh, that, and, and to see these churches named and giving them a foundation for their faith to continue. Hmm. Well, could you tell us a little bit about the history of the church? We mentioned there was a smaller church here originally, but when was it actually uh, decided that a larger church building was required? Well, in 1881, Father Canali built the first church in Sandstone, and Father Canali a priest was also a, a, a architect builder and of course um, the first church is similar to Pugin's chapel which was the original cathedral and it was a little sandstone building. Then it was in 1891 that Father Dorrigan was appointed the first priest here because the other priests would come from the cathedral to here so it became if you like a parish in 1891 and then in 1897, the Sisters of Mercy came and the first convent opened here, the first school, 400 pupils. So you can see where the need was. Like there was St. Patrick's and there was the cathedral school, primary school, and All Hallows, obviously. But, uh, and the, and the, um, great, and the brothers arriving in Terrace in 1875. But 400 pupils starting the first school. And then in 1908, Father McCarthy was made the parish priest and he was the one who laid the foundation stone for a bigger church, realising the need for a bigger area. And so 1914, uh, the church was finished and the architect was Robin Dodds from Hall and Dodds. And the design itself of this particular church is based on St. Cecile's Cathedral in Elby, France. Um, the church here, as I said, the Dodds was the architect and Thomas Keenan uh, was the builder and it took him two years to build the church. Um, and some of the sandstone blocks from the original church are used in the back walls of the church to connect the old church to the new church. And of course it, it is decorative as well as including the history of the school. The, the church itself and of course the other thing that he did he put in 10 sets of double doors which uh, allowed breezes to come in to allow for uh, the Queensland weather so even though we've got the French architecture we have the Queensland uh, practicality for what we need here in Queensland uh, so you look at the church and you're looking at what looks like a cathedral mm. You mentioned the, the church in France. Uh, that was the original sort of design uh, inspiration for this particular church, was it? Yes, it was, yes. Um, St. Cecile's, and if you look at St. Cecile's Cathedral, it's, you're looking at this church. Just, just paint the picture for us, because we're standing up the, the front of the church here, uh, quite close to the altar, I guess, where the parishioners would come up to have their communion, right? Just, just paint the picture for us of what we're seeing in, in the building. So behind... Uh, as you say, the sanctuary, the altar, the reservation of the Blessed Sacrament, uh, Jesus in the in the tabernacle, then the communion rails, and then down right through 
to the back of the church, uh, the pews going to the main entrance, the front entrance, and uh, on either side of the uh, communion rails in the two side walls, the confessionals, and uh, in the old days, the pulpit uh, in the front left hand side of the uh, front right hand side of the church, looking at the altar, where the priest could give his sermons and be heard because no microphones in those days and can be heard and the uh, sound within the church is very very clear mm. uh, look the other design element that's quite striking and uh, viewers of the abc kids tv show bluey would actually see the church um, very striking in its red brick so why was the the red brick chosen as the you know as a building material rather than the sandstone which was you know the common uh, the common thing probably because of availability because it's interesting like this red red brick church opened in 1914 and that was the year the foundation stone was laid for the rosalie church which is smaller but i think and it is also red brick so uh, when father mccarthy um, started the fundraising uh, for the church in 1912 one of the things he said to the parishioners 10 shillings would place 100 bricks and amazingly the first donor to the church was the housekeeper the priest's housekeeper she made the first donation so red brick when i say it was the first of its type here uh, for churches because they were before that sandstone but to build a sandstone church of this size would have been a massive expense i should imagine and uh, in the original church design there was it to be a tower above the sanctuary um, um, which you can see actually the statue of saint bridget on the front of the church is holding a model of the church in her hand and has the tower but the tower was never never built um, and amazingly in, in june 2000 1914 when the church was opened the age in its title for the publication said Brisbane's most conspicuous edifice. The total cost of the church was £15,000 and the furnishings, altar, pews and so on, uh, £2,500. So by the time before the church opened, £11,358 had been already collected and on the day that the church opened, another £2,000 was donated. So close to... Uh, 14,000 pounds had already been raised for this 15,000 pound church. So that says a lot about the needs that people were wanting to give to. Hmm. You mentioned, you know, Brisbane's most conspicuous uh, edifice. Um, that's kind of interesting, and being perched on top of the hill here. Are there any records on what the, you know, maybe the the people who weren't attending the church thought of the structure when? architects and uh, historians talk about Brisbane this church often comes in as like uh, the Anglican Cathedral the Catholic Cathedral as magnificent buildings and Town Hall for instance you know um, because in those days they were the buildings that stood out and amazingly the St Paul's Presbyterian Church on St Paul's was the high point of Brisbane and now from here with the thing you're looking down on what was high points of Brisbane, and even the even the multi-storey high-rise 
offices in town, you're looking at not look, you're sort of looking down at them, yes. Well, look, thank you so much for taking us around the, the church. It's a fascinating, you know, fascinating structure just in terms of Brisbane and its architecture and its history, but, you know, obviously it was a really important uh, place for those original Irish immigrants of the day. And it was, amazingly, because the very first St Vincent de Paul Society in the Brisbane Archdiocese began here on the 18th of February, 1894. The other amazing thing about when this church, the foundation was laid in 1912, the foundation stone out the front obviously holds the name of the Pope at the time, Pope Pius X. Obviously the Archbishop of the time, Archbishop Dewey, and the parish priest, Father McCarthy. But the other two names that appear on the foundation stone are King George V and Sir William McGregor, the Queensland Governor. So they are also honoured on the foundation stone of the Catholic Church because Australian was part of the British Empire. Just on, just on that, um, for me, that's a really interesting point that the King is on there, head of the Anglican Church. So obviously the Church was meant to be an inclusive place for anyone, not just for Catholics. I should imagine so, yes, that all were welcome, um, for the poor and the needy for handouts and so on, but obviously worship, um, the Anglican, the Anglican Church, Catholics went to the Catholic Church. But I think it was the Archbishop's tribute to the King as the King of the Monarch of Australia. Yes. And uh, one of the other side little bits of history is in the Queensland Heritage Register, this church is... Um, on the register, on, it was placed on the register on the 21st of October 1992. So this is a heritage listed property. So it's really important in terms of the history of Brisbane and Queensland, yeah? Yes, very much so, very much so. Well, that's fascinating. Thank you so much for your time, Tim. Thank you, thank you for uh, uh, allowing me to share some magnificent history of uh, a magnificent church. You've been listening to Bluey's Brisbane. Check us out on Facebook and Instagram. Just search for at Bluey's Brisbane.